everybody, and welcome to America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden. I am with Harpo. And here we are. We are on opposite sides of the country as usual, but uh, Harp is on vacation. Harp, how's your vacation going so far? We're we from coast to coast now. Yeah, yeah, really, literally. I'm over here, over here on the Atlantic, you on the Pacific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's going great. Nice, nice. It's going good. And you are on Jekyll Island, correct? The island of Jekyll. Nice. Yeah. And... You know, for some people who, like myself, who've never been there, what you know, what's it like? Oh man, super laid back, old fashioned. Bring the fam too. Cool, cool. I mean, you got like restaurants and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, they got they got restaurants. Nice. Uh, but we we don't eat out too too much. We eat out once or twice, and then you know we cook our own food. We rent a house down here, so we have a full blown kitchen. So. We'll cook two. Or, we'll cook two or three nights, and maybe eat out two or three nights. Very cool. Very cool. But it's yep, just just the beach, yeah. and it's a it's a it's not a very sandy beach like that powder sand. It's all the hard compact because the tide comes right up to the rocks. You know. Got it. So that's that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Also, makes it a lot easier walking. Got it. Got it. So and the kids can play and not everything gets super sandy cool cool yeah we took our daughter to the beach this weekend we go now that it's summertime we'll probably go if not every weekend every other weekend and yeah we're still like she's got sand in her butt for like three days afterwards so yeah <laughs> but you, you know did, did you hear about that ship that capsized tipped over two years ago the, in the, in the, the one in the canal or the one or, or is it over on um, near you guys you know, it's, it's you can see it from the pier here. Oh, oh, no! I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear about that one. It was coming into St. Simon. He he left out of Jacksonville, was heading north, and got sideways and tipped over. It was carrying a bunch of cars, new kids and stuff. Oh, it's a big old cargo ship, huge. Oh, that's that thing's been on its it's been on its side now for I want to say it's probably been close to two years. That happened, maybe oh. a year and a half. Oh man. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, they're, they're in the process of removing it out of the, out of the ocean. It's pretty neat. Yeah, they're not. They've actually got a live camera set up on it to where you can actually watch it. Ah. You know, the day-to-day progress from the internet. Crazy. That's crazy. Wow. They're wow. having to cut it. They're having to cut this thing up in like four or five sections and hauling it all off. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's the kind of thing that will. End a Navy career. If you're a captain of a ship and you ground your ship, you are done. As you should be. As you should be. So, um, oh, yeah. Well, no, he didn't ground it. That sucker tipped over. Some, somebody didn't load it right. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. It, no, it just tipped over on its side. Got it. Oh. And it's, and it's, a, I mean, it's a humongous ship. Oh, man. I want to say there was, I want to say there was, I think they said there's over a thousand cars in it. Crazy, crazy. Ooh. I hope it's not Ferraris and Lamborghinis, or else they're going to be some very pissed off fucking people. So no, I don't. I don't think it was none of those. I think it was those Kias and Hyundai's and uh, little cars like that. Got it. Got it. All right. Cool. Well, very cool. Very cool. Um, one thing I would like to say to the audience: I'm getting over a little head cold, so if I sound a little congested or if I cough once or twice, I want to apologize for that. So. <coughs> 
see, there's one, but. It's that, it's that COVID vaccine, Doc, it's coming out of you. <laughs> well, the nice thing about having the vaccine is I know what it's not, at least. Yep, you know what I mean? yep, yep. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, like, like Harp and I were talking, uh, you know, one of the disadvantages to everybody taking their mask off and kind of living again is all these little colds that, you know, went away for a year because everybody was wearing their mask are all of a sudden coming back. Because I haven't, you know, since I think it's been, gosh, maybe two years or so since I've been sick, maybe maybe a little less than that. But um, definitely I didn't get sick once during the pandemic. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So, all right. So, here we are. It's the middle of June, and we had a great kind of open discussion um, last week, and we're going to talk about something sort of similar and broad, but we're going to talk about the state of America today. So, Harp, you suggested this, so why don't you go kick it off? How do you see the state of America today? As a, as a country, I think we're struggling a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. People... Uh, yeah, you know, gas prices are back to, you know, $3 a gallon. This is some interesting times. People still out of work, not going back to work. But uh, it's just a lot of a lot of questions left out there. Border, whole fiasco going on down there. And you got people saying two different things. Two different times. It's just like whatever they get told to say. That's what they're saying. It, it seems like. So that's that's. I'm concerned mm-hmm. for America, which I'm sure there's a lot of people that are. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what comes out of this G7 meeting. If anything, I didn't get to watch any of the press conferences or anything. I know the president was supposed to have one uh, by himself. So, but I hadn't got to. I hadn't. The view at you. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. What do you th- what do you think? What do you think America's well, America's th- at right now? I do agree. We got some challenges. I think that it's we right now at this you know June fourteenth. We're in the middle of an interesting period because we're still recovering from the pandemic, and we're going to be in this period for the next couple months. So, like with the high prices, gas prices. You know, one of the reasons that gas prices are so high are kind of is positive because people are driving again after the pandemic. And, you know, for. It has anything to do with the pipelines he closed down and we're buying foreign oil? um, Is being energy independent again? It's it's not as much of that. Only, well, see, it's like this. Let's look at. I think we got to go back, turn the clock back to March of 2020. So. When we had, like, the, the global economic shutdown was unprecedented. At one point, it was April or May of last year, literally half the planet was shut down. And, you know, things just stopped. And as we're coming out of that, you're going to have some shortages. You're going to have um, some things that are going to be a little wacky for a while as everybody comes back online as... Supply and demand um, catches up with each other. Now, gasoline is a perfect example. So last March through last May, um, and a little bit a little bit later into the year, gas prices plummeted, and they plummeted because people just stopped driving because they weren't going to work, they weren't going, they weren't traveling nearly as much, and they went down. So while gas prices, which was nice, 
you know, it was nice that gas prices were down. Nobody was going anywhere. You know, we kind of got the flip side of that now where people are going all over the place again and gas prices are through the roof. So um, another one, lumber. So there are, you know, lumber's, price of lumber has gone way up. And a big reason for that is because people are building again. There are other reasons too. In California especially, there are other reasons why lumber is so expensive. But, you know, the, the, the very short explanation is like last year, we weren't, you know, the the, the, the economy shut down and, uh, you know, nobody was building houses. So demand for lumber, you know, and other goods just plummeted. And now that people are building houses again, economic activity starting again, they're starting to go up. So, well, I think... They won't be building houses long. Well, now, see, that's, now, now here's the thing. Here's where I think it's going to get interesting. We're going to see how it is six months from now after... Things have had a chance to stabilize, and we start to see what some of the, you know, some of the permanent effects of the uh, pandemic have been. Because, you know, there was a, this, this month's jobs report was pretty good, not as great as they wanted, but still pretty good. So, you know, are we going to continue to pick up that? I also think, too, we got to see a lot of industries got shaken up. A lot of industries laid off a lot of people. How many of those people are coming back? You know, how much restructuring happened during the pandemic that we don't really know about yet? Here's a really interesting one, too. There are these extra unemployment benefits that a lot of governors um, have been starting to cut off. And, you know, are people, now that they've been out of work for a year and have kind of seen how essential work... Like, before the pandemic, you know, people... In a lot of low-wage jobs, we called low-skilled workers. During the pandemic, they all of a sudden became essential workers, and it's going to be interesting to see how people in essential jobs, when the dynamic goes back to you know pre-pandemic, where they're not valued as much by society, are they going to say, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going back at this wage, or I'm going to start organizing, or what, or are, you know, employers just going to find a way to keep paying them like, you know, seven, eight dollars an hour for cleaning stalls and, and or like like janitors, you know what I mean? Who Janitors who all of a sudden became extremely important uh, as when the pandemic started. Are they going to go back to the way it was? I think at this point, we kind of don't know. In a couple of months, we're going to well, know. Me- one thing that I know is if you don't go to work, you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. I mean, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So... People that are going back to work ain't going to be able to pick and choose what they want to do when this unemployment runs out. Which it, it, it's run, like you said, it's run out in a lot of places. Georgia's one state that doesn't do it anymore. So these people are going to have to go back to work, and they're not going to be able to pick and choose what they want. If they do, they're going to be starving. they got to go to work. they got to work. See, that's what's kind of interesting, though, right? So, in, And here's one of the things that the pandemic shook up. So, a lot of people, because of this, had to leave their home. Or, and you know what? I'm going to add this too. A lot of the, the eviction moratoriums, you know, the eviction halts that went on, a lot of that's going to start expiring too. And, you know, there are a lot of people who were, you know, in their apartments, uh, you know, in these houses, these rental housing, are going to start getting kicked out. And a lot of people have left already. So a lot of, you know, a lot of kids moved back in with their parents and stuff. So housing is much different than it was. So, I, you know, again, I'm curious, like if like there was a big 
big kerfuffle about Chipotle this week. I don't know if you heard about it, but like, if Chipotle is like, all right, we're going to reopen and we're going to pay the exact same wages as we did before the pandemic started, you know, if these people don't have to take these jobs, they may just say, you know, fuck it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go work at, at Chipotle for nine dollars. Now you pay me ten or eleven, maybe I will, but maybe not. And that's what's going to be. We're going to see that in a, a couple months, you know. Well, I mean, if the person's worth it, I'm sure the company will pay it. But, I mean, if it's this, you know, your high school kid coming out of high school looking for their first job or a summer job, that's that's totally different than a 30, you know, mid-30s, 40s person who's got a family that needs to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no income coming in, they're homeless, and kids can't eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, they, they ain't going to be able to pick and cheese. Oh, well, I don't want to. I'm gonna wait for the if they're waiting for the government to give them some more money, then shame on them. But you know, even them, I mean, like high school kids, there are a lot of high school kids who might be because again, because of the pandemic, maybe putting off college for a year. I guess my point is that there are a lot of unknowns coming out of this, and you know, a lot of people. I I think maybe I might be I might be wrong about this, but I think that labor. It has been strengthened, at least in the short term, by this because you, they do have a labor shortage. And you know, once some of these unemployment benefits get cut off, that's going to start to shift a little bit. But you know, there might be some there might be some changes here that we just can't see yet that might be happening. But maybe not. Maybe we'll just go back to the shitty way it was before. <laughs> like that's possible too. <laughs> you know. So. Yep. <laughs> but. Well, well, let me, all right, so let me let me ask you this then. Going back to that question of how we see America, you said you saw some some problems. I'm gonna give you a two part question, uh, and maybe maybe they're the same answer. But right now, what is the biggest problem that affects your family, like your family in particular, and what is the biggest problem that affects America? Well, I certainly don't think it's climate control. Hmm like the president does. I mean, I, I think it's kind of like what we talked about last year. I just think there's too many people in, in certain places that maybe have the ripple effect of that. It's like, it, you know, what that one guy said, it's just the generation that we're in, we're spoiled. We're spoiled individuals. We have to, you know, every time a new iPhone comes out, people run to go get it just because it's new. They're never satisfied with what they got. They always want something better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way uh, America has been going for quite a while. It seems like the majority now is never satisfied mm-hmm. with what they got. They always want better. And they just, not necessarily, I mean, yeah, pretty much wine or, you know, until they get their way, until they get it. You know, well, I, I'll bring that up later. We're going to talk about this viral video that went, or this video that went viral of this broadcaster this news guy who dug into Greta Thunberg but 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 specifically though like so we'll start this like what is the big problem facing your family or, or the biggest challenge for your family I should say is it like I mean education you know how cost of housing cost of food what is it I would say the biggest problem is just the uncertainty in the way the America's going mm. it's probably the biggest problem in my household mm-hmm. I mean I don't my kids are they don't really know what's going on. They're not old enough to know what's going on. They sleep good at night. But 
that would probably be my biggest concern mm-hmm. for the for the family. Got it. Got it. Which you know for the country too. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be like it's hard to tell which direction America's going in right now. Like there's 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 so many open questions out there with this administration that like the vice president. You know, people ask her, when are you going to the border? She, she don't know when she's going to go down there. President Tapner to be the, you know, the lead person for that, for this migration crisis. She goes to Guatemala and the Guatemala president brings it on the way Biden worded stuff with the calls. It's just that there's too many, too much brain game going on. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's wanting to fix nothing. They just, it's like they just got it in a big old pot and they just keep stirring it and stirring it and stirring it thinking it's going to fix itself. But mm-hmm. I did say where Texas and Arizona says they're going to finish the wall themselves. They're going to take it on as, as a state now. The state's going Interesting. Where the governor of Texas said that he's going to finish the wall in Texas. It's sad that the states are now having to pick up the, the bill on it, but somebody's got to do something. I did fixing itself. If I did not see that. I personally think they could have better uses for their money, but I'm I'm not a voter in Texas or you gotta, Arizona. You gotta slow it you gotta slow it down when you got people just ransacking this country coming in to do no good, to do harm. Because they are. I mean there's people that are trying to come in legally. I, I get that too. And they need there needs to be a way for them to do that. But there's too many trying to take advantage of us. And they know they can right now because we're, you know, we're weak. Well, That's a, we're a soft target down there, and they, they're taking advantage of it. Well, I do have to say I uh, was not thrilled with Kamala Harris's trip down south. I did read uh, a little bit about it, and she got a little flustered at times and didn't quite see... Uh, seem, you know, in command of the situation. But I also think it's a really a difficult challenge as well. You can build a huge wall. These people are still going to have all these issues. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how the United States solves it. Um, I mean, you know, maybe working closer. I do really like that we're trying to work closer with Guatemala and trying to um, work closer with these Central American countries to try to, you know, help them to keep it uh, going in there, I actually had a very interesting. It's interesting. I actually had a very interesting conversation with a guy last week from. He was actually originally from Guatemala, and spent a number of years in Nicaragua before you know immigrating to the U.S. And um, he had some you know interesting pains. I don't want to put too many words into his mouth. I told him. I said, "Listen to our podcast." He's like, "I will." So he might be listening to this. I don't want to put too many words into his mouth. But he, you know, he, he did say a lot of the blame falls on the politicians down there. You know, he didn't let the U.S. off the hook or anything. But, yeah, I, the, it, you know, I, th- I, I think it's an issue, but I also, well, I mean, I, yeah, I, you know. Well, you, have to, you have to think how these people, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't blame them for wanting to come here. I mean, you, 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 they, they live in a country where they see what America's given to their people. You know, people sitting at home not working, but the government's still giving them money. Why wouldn't you want to come here? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? Well, you know, I got to push back a little bit, though. If if you are um, an undocumented immigrant, you're not eligible for unemployment benefits. So um, you're not getting paid unemployment there are you know so it's like the big you know and you don't get like the stimulus checks like they didn't get you know i know uh 
undocumented uh, immigrants did not get any of the stimulus money that, or directly, they didn't get it directly, uh, any of the stimulus money that was passed out over the you know last year and a half during the um, the pandemic crisis. Well, if, they, you know? if they have a kid, if they come up here and have a kid here, that kid does. Yeah, well, no, that's 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 a that's a little different, and that's you know then the kid becomes the, the the child obviously yes is a U.S. citizen. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't really. I, I have to admit, I don't have an answer to the border crisis. If I did, I'd be down there solving oh, it. Yeah, they, um, they, you know, but the um, no, yeah, there, there's no hard firm answer, but there's just got to be something done instead mm-hmm. of nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, nothing doesn't fix anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just make it just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this has been this has been going on for many, many, many years in and many administrations, and I, and it's also too. Europe has its issues where you know they have the um, migrants from Africa and, and the Middle East coming in, and wherever you have a country that is you know more prosperous, or, or in the case of the European Union, a large zone that is wealthy, you're going to have migrants trying to get into it, you know what I mean? And Canada doesn't have as much of a problem with this because they have us between them and Mexico, so. But, like, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's interesting because it, there, there are a lot of undocumented immigrants in L.A., and they don't obviously walk around advertising it, but they all fill very, you know, low-skilled kind of niche, not I'm saying niche, but, but very, you know, low-skilled type jobs. So, like, you're cleaning doing lawn, you know, a, a lot of landscaping, lawn work, and stuff like that, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't have an answer, because on one hand, you know, the, I, we, we can't just, you know, lock them all up and, and treat them like shit, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, yeah, we no, do I have to. I ain't saying we gotta lock them up yeah. or lock them down, but we, we gotta make them, you know, uh, we gotta, we gotta make them legal, they gotta pay their taxes, mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that I actually would support is, and now Republicans are against this, are, you know, a pathway to legalization, like the DACA kids. The DACA kids absolutely should have a pathway to legalization. And I mean, and I, I don't know, I, there are a couple million of them, I don't know the exact number of uh, uh, DACA kids, but yeah, no, they need to, they need to have a pathway to decision. I actually used to volunteer for a, a nonprofit called the International Rescue Committee. And what we did, um, we taught citizenship classes to immigrants who wanted to be U.S. citizens. And they, they all had to have their green card. So it was all, uh, you know, documented immigrants. And um, I would teach basically citizenship classes, which was U.S. government, U.S. history, the Supreme Court, so on and so forth. And because um, you have to take an exam to, to get your citizenship. And the, I, I can tell you right now, like any high school student, and especially any high school student who was, you know, uh, like a DACA student who was, or a DACA kid who came over when they were very young but has been in American school their whole life would be able to slam dunk the test. And you you would be able to, too. You and I, with I've, I've been a little rusty. I haven't volunteered for him for a couple of years. So I'd have to study a little bit. But, you know, we'd be able to slam. Because you have to answer, it's like a, there's a hundred questions. You have to answer ten correct questions. You have to be able to read a sentence in English and write a sentence in English. And that was pretty much the skills portion. There, there are other parts, too, but that was like the skills portion. So here's another thing, too, man. And this is on us. And this is a big thing in California. It is throughout the rest of the country, but it's big in California. So... The people who pick our fruit and work our agriculture are, for the most part, 
I mean, I'm not talking about the people who are actually, like, literally actually picking the strawberries and actually picking the blueberries and picking the oranges are almost exclusively undocumented immigrants. And they come and we pay them, what, I don't know, a dollar an hour. And, they, you know, they keep our, our, our food cheap. The reason we have cheap food is because we have cheap labor that picks it. And this has been kind of, it's been going on for a long, long time. And it's, it's an open secret here. Um, in California and throughout the rest of the country. But, you know, if we're either, you know, going to kick them out or we're going to find a, a legal path for them, you know, they're going to cost more, the fruit's going to cost more. I think it's a price that we should be willing to pay, but we all have to be ready for that. So I think, you know, business is part of the problem as well in uh, uh, some of these places, you know what I mean? So, but they can be part of the solution, too. If they're not here, they're, they're, the company's going to find somebody to work in their spot. I mean, I don't... That's true. That is absolutely true. The only thing, though, is you're not going to find somebody that's going to work for, like, a dollar an hour. You know, well, that's People are just going to be hungry. You know? So, but... But that's been going on... That's been going on forever. So, well... Oh, I mean, it's big in construction, too. There's a lot of undocumented... You know, in the, in the construction work. But, mm. I mean, they're good people. I'm not saying they're bad people just because mm. they're not legal. we got to find a way to make it where it's legal. But, you know, they don't, some of them don't want to be here legal. They don't want to pay taxes. And mm. can you blame them? Mm. I mean, yeah, they're getting basically a free ride. So, I mean, but they're out there working every day with us. So, I mean, it's just. It is uh, a tough, tough situation. So, so yes. if. I were to throw those two questions back on me. What are the two things that affect me? Or so what's the thing that affects you know me and my family most? And what the thing the most important thing that I think is affecting the country? For me and my family, at the moment, it is childcare and the cost of having this child because we we have health insurance and we're still paying a lot of money. To, to have this kid and this kid like when you look at all of the the total medical costs for having a kid in America I, gosh it's going to probably end up being twenty or thirty thousand dollars now granted my wife goes you know every couple of weeks to get a sonogram and she gets all sorts of blood tests done so it's not like we go and it's some caveman doctor who's just tapping on her stomach you know what I mean so she gets a lot of um, she gets a lot of tests for it but it's still very expensive but now, here's the thing that I think that is, um, if not the most important challenge for America, one of the most important, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, Harpo, is climate change. Because here we are right now, I'm going to give you two examples that are, that are relevant to you and me right now. The first, like here we are in California, and we're in the middle of a terrible drought. And if this drought continues... For three or four more years, which is very possible, it's possible that large parts of the American West, people are going to have to abandon just because we just won't have enough water left. And, and there was a there was a drought when I was out there. Yeah, I remember when we'd go to restaurants, they wouldn't even serve you water. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like with your like, you know, some restaurants where they give you a glass of water to start your meal, like you had to ask. Mm-hmm. for water if you wanted water like they wouldn't give it to you and then they only allotted certain times that you could like water your grass and then eventually that cut out and they were like no you can't even water no more yep so that, i mean they california's been in a drought for 20 years 
it started in the mid 2000s and it's gone back and forth and then I moved back here in 2016 and 2016 it, the, the rainy season is in the winter so the winter of 2016 was a, a record rainy season and the winter of 2017 was almost a record rainy season and those two years replenished the aquifers and we actually pulled us out of the drought but ever since then the last couple of years the rain has disappeared because the planet's heating up so I live with this worry that my daughter might not be able to graduate high school in California because we got to leave because there's not enough water. Shit, it rains here every day. So this time of year, mm-hmm. we getting it every day. We get those afternoon thunderstorms roll through. Dump some rain on us. Here's the here's the thing about climate change, which is so wacky. It affects different parts of the world and even different parts of the country differently. So you guys are now getting a lot of rain and you're getting bigger thunderstorms. But the thing that specifically affects you, the North and South Pole have been heating dramatically and they've been getting hotter at a rate faster than any other part in the world. And what's happening is a lot of the glaciers are starting to melt. And if those glaciers melt, what's going to happen is sea level's going to rise because all that water's got to go somewhere. So the sea level's going to rise. So I looked at Jekyll Island. If trends continue... And if sea level rises three or four feet, it's possible that in 30 or 40, or well, maybe your kids, but definitely your grandkids, will not be able to go to Jekyll Island because it just won't exist anymore because it'll be underwater. Is that so, like 12 feet above sea level, I think? Okay, all right, so that's, that's yeah, that's not a lot. That's If it rises mm, 10, 11 feet, there's a lot, like, but I mean, um, you know, like all sorts of cities on the coast, New York, like Manhattan, is in big trouble. Um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it'll... I mean, it, I don't see it happening in my lifetime. But it, it can happen to our kids and it can definitely happen to our grandkids. And it might happen in our lifetime, too. You know, so these these are the kind of things that we do need to address. And, you know, here's the other thing, too. Here's one of the things that has kind of confused me a little bit. We really hold on to fossil fuels. And... Solar technology, wind technology, all these renewable energy, it's not, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it wasn't very practical, but it's getting better and better and better. And I always wondered why we couldn't just have a national charge to modernize and, you know, all all these people who are working in oil fields who justifiably are worried about their jobs disappearing, justifiably. But why don't we get them jobs in solar? You know what I mean? We're always going to need oil. I don't don't, this country... This world can't run without it. Everybody uses it. Every country uses it. I mean, it, it takes, like, you, you can't drive a semi-truck up the Rocky Mountains with, with electric power. There's no way. And, and be sufficient. Now, I'm not saying you can't get the truck going with diesel fuel, and then once it gets rolling, it can turn over to electric power. But, I mean, there's always going to be a need for oil and gas in this in this world. Always. But, um, I hear you on the electric truck, but, and right now, probably couldn't, but in five or ten years, we might be able to. Nah. It might be. It might be. It might be. I, then, tell, you, I tell you what, I don't want to be in an electric helicopter or no electric airplane. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you kiss that goodbye. Well, I let you know, it's interesting because uh, airplane, I, I read an article, airplanes are going to be among the last to go just because they're so big and they need, the technology for electric cars 
I mean, it's here, but like the technology for like electric trucks is just right around the corner. But planes, they it's, it's going to take a lot longer. But like, but, but, like you said, you're in that drought over there. I don't understand why they can't pump water out of the out of the ocean to replenish well, it and well, just send it through some some plants to clean it. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it fresh water. Well, that that it's it's very expensive to do that right now. That's the that's the that's the it, big it's, issue. It's, very, what? it's very expensive to do it right now. The technology is very, very expensive. But, I mean, if that's one of the biggest things, I think that's what I'd be putting my money towards. They, I mean, we'd have to. I know Santa Barbara has a desalination plant, but it's... To, it's heck, to, heck, with a, to heck with an electric car. I want water. You can't live without water. Mm-hmm. I can live without an electric car. Yeah. But, but then, I also... There are a lot of... there there. So, I, I guess my overall point... You, you would be happy, though. Here, here... We we rented a little. They're called red bugs. Uh-huh. They're electric. They're electric cars. They're like big golf carts. Uh-huh. Like oversized. Like it, ours is a six seater, mm-hmm. and it's got a solar panel on top of it. Uh-huh. So it charges itself. You know, yeah. during the day. We plug it in at night and it charges. But that's what we we riding around on this mm-hmm. island on a little electric car. Nice, nice. Because, yeah, my prediction like. In cities, that's in cities. That's going to be the wave of the future because if a battery charger gets you three hundred miles, that'll last you a week in the city. You know what I mean? So if you're going longer distances in the country, it might not be as practical. But it's going to be big in the city. So, but well, so those are the challenges facing America, and I agree that we're in a very crazy time. But you know what? Sometimes crazy times turn into good times. So rocky, rocky roads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. You got anything else? Uh, I guess I can just, you know, I guess I can wish old President Trump a happy seventy fifth birthday today. Oh, happy! I, guess I can throw that out there. Seventy fifth birthday. Seventy five. Okay. What it says anyway. All right. All right. I'm, I'm sure he's living large. Well. I will, I will join you in wishing him a happy birthday because I believe I can do that. But happy birthday, former President Trump! Happy seventy-five. He's, I bet you he's in Mar-a-Lago. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, unless he's somewhere else. Who knows? And I guess my thing is, as we're pulling out of this pandemic, let's just keep, you know, pushing forward. Just keep thinking about things that we want to change, things that weren't good before the pandemic that we can make better afterwards. And let's work towards them. So that's it. That's it. All right, Hart. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. We love doing these for you. We love hearing from you. So thank you very much. Let's get a great start to summer and have a great week.